Babbel.com, language for life. Why Babbel? When you want to learn a new language, you want to be able to actually use it with real people in the real world. Every part of Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Designed by pros. Lessons with realistic scenarios designed by over 100 linguists. Use what you learn. Interactive dialogues that get you speaking confidently. Learn on any device. Compatibility with most devices with lessons that are only 10 to 15 minutes. Remember everything. Reviews that bring back everything you've learned. Number one selling language learning app. Download the app today and start learning language for your everyday life from the App Store or Google Play. Choose how you learn. To start with Babbel, choose the plan that works best for you. Babbel app subscription. Get unlimited access to hundreds of award-winning lessons designed for all learners based on level and time commitment. Babbel live subscription. You'll have access to live virtual classes to by top language teachers available at a variety of days, times, and levels. Plus, access to all Babbel online lessons. People love Babbel. Thousands of five-star reviews. Publications love Babbel. The Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, CNN, Forbes, The New York Times, The Washington Post, USA Today, CNET. Choose from the following languages. Spanish, French, German, Italian, Russian, Portuguese, Turkish, Dutch, Swedish, Polish, Norwegian, Indonesian, Dijon, and many more. Over 10 million subscriptions sold. Good morning. Here is Chapter 4 of Laura Ingalls Wilder's Long Winter, titled October Blizzard. Laura woke up suddenly. She heard singing and a queer slapping sound. Oh, I am as happy as a big sufflar. Slap, slap. That nods and bends in the breezes. Oh, slap, slap. And my heart slap is a light slap as the wind that blows. Slap, slap. The leaves from off the trees is oh, slap, slap. I was singing his trouble song and slapping his arms on his chest. Laura's nose was closed. Only her nose was outside the quilt that she was huddled under. She put out her whole head and then she knew why Pa was slapping himself. He was trying to warm his hands. He had kindled the fire and it was roaring in the stove, but the air was freezing cold. Ice crackled on the quilt where leaking rain had fallen. Winds howled around the shanty and from the roof and all the walls came a sound of scurrying. Scouring. Carrie sleepily asked, What is it? It's a blizzard, Laura told her. You and Mary stay under the covers. Careful not to let the cold get under the clothes. She crawled out from, under, from out of the warm bed. Her teeth chattered while she put on her clothes, pulled on her clothes. Ma was dressing too beyond the curtain, but they were both too cold to say anything. They met at the stove where the fire was blazing furiously without warning, without warming the air at all. The window was a white blur of madly swirling, swirling snow. Snow had blown under the gilt door and crossed the floor, and every nail in the walls was white with frost. Pa had gone to the stable. Laura was glad that they had so many haystacks in the row between the stable and the shanty. Going from haystack to haystack, Pa would not get lost. A blizzard, Pa chatted. In October, yeah, never, never heard of. 
She put more wood in the stove and broke the ice in the water pail to fill the tea kettle. The water pail was less than half full. They must be pretty, they must be sparing of water for nobody can get to the well in that storm. But the snow on the bowl floor was clean. Laura scooped it into the wash basin and set it on the stove to melt for washing in. The air by the stove was not so cold now, so she curled Grace in cloak and brought her to the stove to dress her. Mary and Carrie shivery, shiveringly dressed themselves close to the open oven. They all put on their stockings and shoes. Breakfast was waiting when Pa came back. He blew in with a howl of wind and whirling snow. Well, those muskrats knew what was coming, didn't they, Laura? He said, as soon as he was warm enough to speak. And the geese, too. No wonder they wouldn't stop at the lake, said Ma. The lake's frozen by now, Pa said. Temperature's down near zero and going lower. He glanced at the wood box as he spoke. Laura had filled it last night, but already the wood was low. So as soon as he had eaten breakfast, Pa wrapped himself well and brought big armfuls from his wood box. The shanty was growing colder. The stove could not warm the air inside the tin walls. There was nothing to do but sit huddled in coats and shawls close to the stove. I'm glad I put the beans to soak last night, said Ma. She lifted the lid of the bubbling kettle and quickly popped in a spoonful of soda. The boiling beans roared, foaming out, but did not quite run over. And a little bit of salt pork, salt pork, salt pork to put them in, too, Ma said. Now and then she spooned up a few beans and on them. When their skin split and curled, she drained the water, the soda water from the kettle and filled it again with hot water. She put in a bit of the fat pork. There's nothing like good hot bean soup on a cold day, so he looked down at Grace, pulling at his head, and, well, Blue Eyes, what do you want? <coughs> a Tory, Grace said. Tell us the one about Grandpa and the pig on the sled. Carrie begged, so he's taking Grace and Carrie on his knees. Paul began again the stories that he used to tell Mary and Lori in the big woods when they were little girls. Ma and Pa knitted, Ma, Ma and Perry knitted busily in quilt-covered rockers drawn close to the oven. And Laura stood wrapped in her shawl between the stove and the wall. Cold crept in from the corners of the shanty, closer and closer to the stove. Icy cold breezes sucked and flooded the curtains around the beds. The little shanty quivered in the storm, but the steamy smell of boiling beans was good, and it seemed to make the air warmer. <coughs> At noon, moss sliced bread and filled bowls with bowls with the hot beans broth, and they all ate till and they all ate where they were. Close to the stove, they all drank cups of strong hot tea. Ma even gave Grace a cup of Cambric Cambric tea. Cambric tea was hot water and milk with only a taste of tea in in it. But little girls felt grown up when their mothers let them drink Cambric tea. The hot soup and hot tea warmed them all. They ate the broth from the beans, and Ma emptied the beans into a milk pan. She set the bit of fat pork in the middle and laced the top with dribbles of molasses. She set the pan in the oven and shut the oven door. <coughs> they would have baked beans for supper. And Pa had to bring in more wood. They were thankful that the wood pile was close to the back door. Pa staggered in buttons with his armful. When he could speak, he said that this one takes your breath away. <coughs> if I thought that... 
such a storm that I'd have filled this shanty with wood yesterday. Now I'm bringing in as much of snow as wood. That was almost true. Every time Laura opened the door for him, snow swirled in. Snow fell off him and the wood was covered with snow. It was snow it was snow as hard as ice and as fine as sand. And opening the door made the shanty so cold that the snow did not melt. That's enough that's enough for now, Pa said. If he let in any more cold the wood he brought in he brought would not make enough heat to drive out to drive the cold out. When you get that snow swept, Laura, bring me the fiddle, he said. As soon as I can thaw out my fingers will have a tune to drown the howl yowl of that wind. In a little while he was able to tune the string and rouse on the bow, then he set the fiddle into his shoulder and sang with it. Oh, if I were young again, I'd lead a different life, lay up some money and buy some land, and take Dinah for my wife. But now I'm go I'm getting old and gray, I cannot work anymore, or carry me or carry me back, or carry back to old Virginia shore to the old Virginia shore, so carry me along and carry me long and carry me till I die. Pity's sakes, Mom broke in. I soon listened on to the wind. She was trying to keep Grace warm, and Grace was struggling and whooping. Moss set her down. There, run if you're bound to. You'll be glad enough to come back to the stove. I'll tell you what, Paul, Ben, Laura, and Carrie, you get out there with Grace and let's see how quick step march. Let's see you quick step march. It'll warm up your blood. It was hard to leave the shelter of their huddled shawls, but they did as Paul said. Then his strong voice rang out with a strict singing singing fiddle. March, march, Eteric and Teviotdale. Why, my lads, dinner ye march forward in order. March, march, Exdale and Lidsdale. All the blue bottles are over the border. Many a banner spread flutters above your head. Many a crest that is famous in story. Round and round they march, Laura, Carrie, and Grace, singing with all their might, thumping loud uh, of, of the shoes on the floor. Mountain, make ready then, sons of the mount, mountain glen. Flight, Fight for your homes and the old Scottish glory. <coughs> they felt that banners were blowing above them and that they were marching to victory. They did not even hear the storm. They were warm to the tips of their toes. Then the music ended and Paul let the fiddle in his box. Well, girls, it's up to me to march out against the storm and make the stock come blow for the night. Blamed if, blamed if that old tune didn't give me the spunk to fight like fighting even a blizzard. Ma warmed his coat and muffled by the oven while he put away the fiddle box. They all heard the wind howling furiously. We'll have hot baked beans and hot tea waiting when you get back, Charles. Ma promised him. And then we'll all go to bed and keep warm and likely the storm will be over by morning. And in the morning, Ma sank again to some far sun. The window was the white, was the same white blur over the winds. Still drove the scouring snow against the shivering little shanty. The blizzard lasted two more long days and two more nights. Thank you for listening to this chapter of Laura Ingalls, The Long Winter. Stay safe and have a good week.